You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. What are the benefits of walking with God? Well, one great benefit, you're lifted above the earthly. Before Enoch was physically translated, he was spiritually translated because he walked with God by faith, not by sight. By faith, not by sight. Listen, your affections when you walk with God are set on heavenly things. That's why I can't live back in Mother Fletcher's. I can't live that lifestyle anymore. You know, I may have a bump in the road like I did then, but I can't live there. Pastor Danny shows us today that when you walk with God, you're lifted above the earth and all its troubles and temptations. You no longer live entrenched in sin because you're walking with the Holy One. When you walk with God, you see the things that He sees and you learn to see them in the way that He sees them. The world can be too much, but you can have the eyes of heaven as you look at it. From heaven's perspective, nothing is too much for God to handle. Walk with Him today and release your worries. Now, here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, with today's edition of The Living Word. speaks to us about relationship and specifically relationship with God. He walked with God. The Hebrew word for walking with God has the idea of an intimacy. Noah, Genesis 6, 9, also walked with God. Other men and women in the Bible, it says they walked with God. What an amazing thing. But he walked with God by faith, by faith, by faith. I've never seen Jesus Christ. I will see him one day, but I've never seen him up to this point. But I believe in him and I know he's real and I know he's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. All right. I've never seen God. I will see him one day. But right now I'm walking with God by faith, by faith, by faith. And what a privilege to be able to walk with God. Now, we could spend a lot more time on this, but um, I tried to I, I tried to put it down in a way that the Holy Spirit helped me with, uh, in a way that we can really get it. What's required to be able to walk with God? That's the bottom line question here. What is required, biblically, uh, to be able to walk with God? First one's interesting, but think about it with me now. First of all, it starts with a realization that God is watching my every step. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I'm God Almighty, walk before me. And be blameless. You get to Genesis 24, uh, Abraham sends his servant to get a wife for his son Isaac. And he says to his servant, uh, the Lord before whom I have walked will go ahead of you and give you success on your mission. And so there's this idea that I know as I'm walking in this world, God is watching my every step. And that's important. And that's really a starting point uh, to begin to walk with God. Uh, Ephesians 5.15, the King James Version says it this way. We're to, walk, we're to walk circumspectly. It means like you're walking in a circle. You realize eyes are watching you. 
Now, the second point here is very important with the first one because I hope everybody here and everybody that would ever hear this realizes God is watching. Whether you believe in him or not, whether you know him or not, whether you're a Christian or not, God is watching, all right? But you know, some people don't care that God's watching. So the second one, if I'm going to walk with God, the second uh, requirement, very important, I have to have a desire to please God in my walk. Because if I don't have that, I could care less if God's watching. I'm going to walk how I want to walk. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Amos 3, verse 3, interesting uh, verse. Here's what it says. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? That's what it takes to walk with God. A realization he's watching me, I'm to walk before him, and then because I know he's watching my every step, I want to take steps that are pleasing to him. Okay? Here's the third requirement. I have to discover what pleases God. Where does he like to go? Where does he like to hang out? What does he like to do? Discovering what pleases God. Now, let's talk about this for a minute. In discovering what pleases God, here's one of the things I've discovered, and it's clear in the Bible. God does not walk in darkness. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 5. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Psalm 89, 15. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, God, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. 1 John 1, 7. This is a great one. This puts it right there, right there where everybody can understand it. God is light, and in him... There's no darkness at all. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, you might want to turn just briefly to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm just going to read one section of it, not all those verses I have up there on the screen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3, but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity. Foolish talk, of course, joking. It's amazing to me uh, how my conversation, my talk has changed since I became a Christian. Now, I still have bumps in the road. I hope you understand that, you know. I'm not perfect in my conversation, but my talk now is totally different than it was before I gave my life to Christ. You know, I, I was cussing like a sailor, you know, and just foul language, you know, and now it's just amazing how God has cleaned up my tongue. But these are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, you could sum all these up in other scriptures that relate to this as the old life, the old life. That's the Mother Fletcher's, okay? Read on. Verse 8. Seven, therefore, do not be partners with them. You could translate that another way. Don't walk with them. Doesn't mean you don't have unchristian friends, non-Christian friends. Obviously, we live in the world. We want to reach out to the world. But those aren't the people that are your closest friends. They're not the people that you're really hanging out with and that you do things together in common. Okay? That's your old life. Read on. Verse eight, for you were once darkness. But now you're light in the Lord. Live as children of light for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And verse 10, find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord. God doesn't walk in darkness. If I'm living in sexual sin, I'm not walking with God. If I'm living with a foul mouth, 
That's my conversation. I'm not walking with God. It's the old life. It's the old man, okay? Now, God provides direction through his word. I, I so thank God. Don't you thank God that he gave us this book? I mean, he gave us this book. Uh, Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, sit in the seat of mockers, uh, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Uh, you could put that up against uh, verses like where Paul says in Corinthians, bad company corrupts good character. Again, you don't make your closest pals and people you're doing things in common with those people that you were with before you knew Christ, all right? So God provides direction. One of my favorite uh, verses is Psalm 119, 105. Uh, you may be familiar with it. If not, you, you may have heard it. And as I quote it, you may be reminded of it. It goes like this. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What a great verse, isn't it? A lamp unto my feet. I learned years ago, that's short term. That's daily bread. That's giving me direction today. A lamp unto my feet to take steps today. And a light unto my path. That's long-term direction. Your word, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Now, we could talk a lot more about all these. God doesn't walk in darkness. God provides direction through his word, so I need to go to his word. And as I see things in the word, I go, well, that's where I need to go. That's the way I need to live. That's the way I need to live, okay? Number three, God is not pleased with doubt. Regarding his clear communication or revelation. Now, this is a struggle. I, I hope you can appreciate this one. You know, I struggle still today with this sometimes. God's clearly revealed revelation. Luke chapter 1 talks about a guy named Zechariah. Zechariah was uh, a priest, one of the, of the priestly uh, line, and he was serving his priestly duty there in the uh, temple. And an angel appears to him. And the angel says to him, him uh, you and your wife Elizabeth are going to have a son, a child. Well, they haven't had a child for years, and now it, it would take a miracle, you know, really. And uh, Zechariah doubts. And the angel says, because you didn't believe, because you doubted, you're not going to be able to speak until this child is born. <laughs> kind of humorous to me a little bit, you know. But the angel on behalf of the Lord says, okay, because you doubted, uh, you won't be able to say anything again until this child is born. Well, later they gave birth. Uh, they had John the Baptist as their kind of miracle child preceding uh, Messiah. Matthew chapter 14, verses 28 and following, that section there. Disciples are in the boat, storm. Uh, wind and waves, and they're, uh, they're scared to death. They think they're going to die. And they see someone walking in the water. They think, it's, they think it's the death angel, basically. They think they're going to die. And they're crying out, and then it's Jesus, and he says to them, don't be afraid. It's me. <laughs> Peter says, if it's you, Lord, bid me come on the water. And if you know the story, Peter gets out of that boat in the middle of the storm and begins to walk on the water until... He gets his eyes off Jesus, onto the wind and the waves and the storm. He begins to sink. And then the Lord reaches down and by his grace and mercy pulls Peter back up out of the water as he's sinking. And then the Lord says to Peter, here's what he said. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? I'm still challenged with this one, but listen, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And once he speaks to me clearly, once he reveals something clearly, he wants me now to respond by trusting him, 
by believing him. Hey, God wants me to focus on what is unseen rather than what is seen. Uh, another really great verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I love this passage. Verse 16, let me read it. Therefore, we do not lose heart. The context of that is all the suffering and all the tough times that Paul and those with him, his ministry companions, had been experiencing over years. But he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. all. And then he says this, this is the clincher. So we fix our eyes... Not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. A lot of verses like that. Uh, Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, Even though we haven't seen Jesus, we believe in him and we're filled with a glorious and inexpressible joy. We're sitting around over the Thanksgiving holidays, had some people over from church and, and my family there. And we went outside by the pool. And I don't know if you've been outside over the last few nights during the holidays. We've had some beautiful evenings. I mean, beautiful. And all of a sudden, we got to talking and talking about people that we love that are gone. They've died. My mother. My grandmother. And as we shared, uh, I had everybody look up. I looked up and I said, I said, but you know what? As we're talking about it, as you look up and, and, and I said, it is amazing as we're sitting here right now, somewhere beyond these stars, God dwells. Somewhere beyond these stars, there really is a throne and God really is seated on it. And Jesus is really there. And my mother is really there. And my grandmother is really there. And we just sat around talking about a reality that we cannot see but we firmly believe in. And we were so encouraged, so encouraged, lifted above the pain, lifted above the loss, lifted to a reality that I can't see with my physical eyes, but I know is real. And that's what God wants. That's what he's pleased with. When we focus on what is unseen, the unseen truths, the unseen realities that are beyond this world and beyond this life. Praise the Lord. Even if you weren't here, I'm preaching to myself. I'll leave you with this one. God leads. He never follows. You never find a verse where God says, can I follow you? You'll never find any record of Jesus saying to any of his disciples, hey, can I follow you? No, he said repeatedly, follow me, follow me. Follow me. God leads. He doesn't fall. Now let me take you to one of these verses. Numbers chapter 9. I'm just going to read this section because it has a point. Numbers chapter 9. Before I read it, Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let me say something uh, real quick. God's Word you and I need for direction in life. But listen to me, there's some things about direction in life that you won't find in God's word. What do you mean? There is no verse here that told me who to marry. I couldn't go to 1 Danny, and 1 Danny has a verse that says, Mary Wendy Gay Robinson. 
There's no verse in here that told me to move to St. Petersburg, Florida. There's no verse in here that told me I'd become a pastor of a church called Calvary Chapel. You see, there's no verse for some decisions and some steps you have to take. God, there's no verse in here to tell you where to live, what kind of house to buy. You won't find a verse. Now let me read you this, the book of Numbers. It's during the days of the wandering in the wilderness on the way to the promised land, verse 15 of Numbers 9, on the day of the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony was set up. The cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. This is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night, it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Hang with me. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and in his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. Can you imagine? You just got your tent set up. You just got everything put away. And the next morning you get up and you got to pack up and move again. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or night, wherever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped. And at the Lord's command, they set out. Here's the point. God was trying to teach them not to make a move unless he was leading them. God leads. He never follows. Now, now I, hope, I hope this is helpful for somebody. I had several people over the last two services that say God really gave them a, a rhema word. That's a personal word through Hebrews today and the text today. When I can't find a verse that'll give me a specific direction, I got to make sure I'm being led of the Lord. Let me give you one more verse, New Testament, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. If you can't find it, write it down. You can get these notes online as well. Here's what it says. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. A lady came up to me after last service. I was talking to her out front here, and she was emotional in a good way. She said, wow, God really spoke to me so personally, and she told me how God had spoken to her, and it was especially through this verse. Another lady came up after her, and she said, do you know in the Amplified Bible, it actually says, let the peace of Christ be the umpire in your life? And you know, that's what Greek scholars tell us, that word translated rule here in the NIV means. Being the umpire in your life. The idea is, if you're out of bounds, blow the whistle. Foul, blow the whistle. Let the peace of Christ be the umpire in your life. When I can't find a particular verse to give me the answer I need for direction in life, I want to make sure I keep in step with the Spirit by letting the peace of Christ rule in my life. I think some people need this right now. And if you're needing to make a decision, you're faced with a decision, a step in life, and you don't have the peace of God, peace from the Holy Spirit, you might not understand why, you might not understand, you know, 
But if you don't have peace, do not take that step. Don't take that step. You know, sometimes it could be something God has for you a year from now, but right now is not the time to take the step. Sometimes it's five years from now, but now is not the time to take the step. Let God lead you. And if you don't have peace, don't set out. Keep in step with the Spirit. Okay, I'm almost over time, but not yet. (laughs) What are the benefits of walking with God? Well, one great benefit, you're lifted above the earthly. Before Enoch was physically translated, he was spiritually translated because he walked with God by faith, not by sight. By faith, not by sight. Listen, your affections when you walk with God are set on heavenly things. That, that's why I can't live back in Mother Fletcher's. I can't live that lifestyle anymore. You know, I may have a bump in the road like I did then, but I can't live there. I have to run back to God. My soul thirsts for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Your affections are set on heavenly things. You can't go back and live there anymore. There's a realization. This is a great one that you're never alone. Don't you love Psalm 23? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there you are with me. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 when he stood before that Roman court and everybody, all the believers deserted him. But he said, but the Lord stood by my side. The Lord stood by my side. Isn't it a great promise? Here's God's promise. If you know him, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Now listen, sometimes you've got to take a verse like that by faith because you don't feel God anywhere. You don't feel him. You don't feel his hand. You don't see his footprints, but he's there. You're never alone. The more you walk with God, oh, the more you walk with him, the more you learn to trust him. You step out of the boat. You get your eyes off the Lord. You begin to sink. But you've learned something from that. Oh, next time, next time, I need to just keep my eyes on Jesus. Learn to trust him. Last one. You live in victory over this present world. Man, there's a lot of things in this world that are not enjoyable. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> man is a few days and full of troubles. First John 5, 4, but this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith, our faith. Isn't that great? Here's the final question. It's a question really very personal. And I ask it on the Lord's behalf. For your sake, are you walking with God? As far as you know, as best as you know how, you're walking with God. May God continue to guide you and give you direction from his word and leading from his Holy Spirit. But in a crowd this large, there's no doubt some that aren't walking with God and if you have a desire to walk with God, if you have a desire to, because listen, there's nothing better than to walk with God. But you're going to need to do some things if you're going to begin to walk with God. Maybe the first, for some of us right now, the Holy Spirit's saying, and you know it, you know it, you've got to stop walking in darkness. You're living that lifestyle, and you're involved in those things, and you need to repent. You need to repent. And it just means to turn. And you like to repent today of walking in darkness, walking in the ways of the world, walking in the ways of the flesh. You just like to repent. 
Maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can do that right now. Listen, if you'll repent, confess your sin, ask Jesus to come into your life, he will. He will, right now. Today on The Living Word, Pastor Danny Hodges has been teaching through a series from the book of Hebrews. When you think about all of the really great things that life might have to offer, the book of Hebrews points to the fact that Jesus is better. He's better than the angels, better than the Old Testament law. He's better than all of the things that you think are so wonderful. When you come to that realization, then actually knowing him personally makes everything better. Do you have this kind of hope and assurance about Jesus? If not, we invite you to get in touch with us and ask us more questions about what you're hearing. You can reach us at info at ccfstpete.church. Once again, our email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Our heart's desire is for you to know Jesus in a personal way that gives you that confidence that Jesus is better. We encourage you to keep tuning into this series to learn the truths that are revealed. Before we go today, we want to mention that if you live in or near the St. Petersburg area, all of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship would love to have you join us for our weekend services. Just go to ccfstpete.church and get directions and service times. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. Thanks for joining us today, right here on The Living Word.